This is the Beyond the Story podcast, a show that goes way beyond the story. And now, Sebastian Frost! Jason, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, sir. I didn't notice you without a uh, bow tie on. That bow tie has since been retired. <laughs> Good. I, it's so it's so uncomfortable. Like I got, you know, people love the bow tie because they don't have to wear it. Right, so, right, right. <laughs> I, like, yeah, I, could not I am that. so much more comfortable, like in a Wu-Tang hoodie and a fresh pair of J's yeah. than I'll ever be in the whole getup. But it served me well for a long time. Uh, but I love it. I have like, I have like uh 35 bow ties, I think. And I have like this rack my mom bought me. So they're on my wall and I stare around them every day, but just for like memorial purposes, you know, I'm like rest in peace. Bow tie. Like a memorial. I love it. Yeah. It's crazy. So you and I were talking before the interview, like we go back, gosh, 10 years. That's crazy to even say, you know, a decade and we're both in Miami yet. We met in Philly and, exactly. uh, I had gotten my first book had just come out. Social media sucks. And, um, advantage media was my publisher, Adam witty. And mm -hmm. he came out of the gates with like, Hey, I got a speaking gig for you. Like as soon as the book dropped and it worked out perfect, uh, Gary V was going to be keynoting and it was for the entrepreneur organization, which I had absolutely no idea who they were, but I was thoroughly impressed with the entire experience, especially with that first touch point there in Philly. And then somebody referred me out to MC at the time I was an MC and I MC'd EO nerve, which was, which was great. And then you and I got a chance to, to reconnect again when, when we were in Miami. Uh, but that trip, I will never forget. I still chill. I still tell the story to this day. Uh, cause, cause the guy's a dear friend of mine now, but I will never forget Jack Daly ripping my ass wide open at midnight in the, in the, in the suite. That sounds crazy. Like verbally ripping it apart and walking into the suite. And, uh, and I'm like walking around, like I was a social yeah. media speaker and Jack walks up to me. He goes, Oh, you were the social media guy. He goes, that was the worst fucking talk I've ever heard in my entire life. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> what the, f I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, listen, it's midnight. I'm a little drunk and I don't need to fucking explain myself. And I'm like, Whoa, Jack. I literally was like, I, that was my first dose of like unsolicited feedback. And when I right. say I walk back to my room with my head between my, I mean, just, just head down. And like, I literally checked flights to leave. I literally, I was like, that's it. My career is over. This guy's right. I don't understand. And I'll never forget. I finally got him. And I'm then I think I, I think I either went, no, I, yeah. When I left the suite, I just went for the night. I was like, I'm defeated. It was like one in the morning, but before I left, I wasn't taking no for an answer. And I'm like, dude, I know you don't want to talk right now or explain yourself. I don't even know who you are, but I've never had that type of, you know, feet, direct feedback unsolicited before. Like I need to at least know where you're coming from. He said, not a problem. I talks at nine o'clock tomorrow morning, be there after I do a Q and I'd love to have a, uh, a conversation with you. And I'll tell you exactly what I mean then I'll see you in the morning kid. I so I went, to yeah. such a bad, I know I went back to my room. Room, defeated, checked flights, 
got all in my feelings. And then I stood up and I said, like, is this, is this what winning is made of? Do we just throw the towel in when it gets tough? Cause this is just the beginning. You're three years into this dog. You think it's going to get easier. It's just going to get crazier. So like me and one conversation, I'm like, cool. What are we going to do? I'm like, dude, we're going to wake up in the morning. We're going to go, we're going to sit front row to Jack's yep. seat. So I get done with Jack's talk. A bunch of people are wanting to talk to him the whole night. He's like, listen, I'm short on time. Thanks for making it. Like his whole demeanor changed. Clearly a seasoned bro. And he said, uh, I, I don't have time to chat with you now, but we're going to the Phillies game. So you need to be in that suite. And I'm thinking that game is like, the ticket's like 250 bucks. Like I barely made it to Philly. Right. Yeah. And I thought, I never forget. I bought that ticket. And then finally we sat down in the suite and he said, you know, you got something that most don't have and I don't even have it. And it's stage presence and it's talent and it's a gift, but you got to dial it in. You got to slow it down a little bit and fine tune it as well. And I tell you, that was the beginning of just an incredible friendship. Um, I haven't talked to him in a couple of years, but always, you know, interacting with him on socials and whatnot. And just goes to show that uh, the people that want to, you know, completely, you know, rip you a new one, if you will, oh, yeah. are usually the ones that love <laughs> you the most, but I don't know if you knew that story or not, but no, I did it. Jack's an amazing human, man. That guy, his talks are through the roof. Oh, and he invited me to his Fort Lauderdale event and I spoke at it. Yeah. Oh, no way. Yeah. <laughs> that was like two months later. Yeah. No, I completely forgot about that. So yeah, wild. Anyway, I swear I got you on the podcast to talk about you on here, but that was kind of a relative story to like kick things off here. So shout out to the one and only Jack Daly for sure. Yeah, man crazy. So, uh, you and I started talking, uh, it was late night. It was in the lobby, uh, at the, at the venue we were at there in Philly for the, for the EO event. And you said, Oh, I, I started a, uh, a cruise with a group of friends a while back and it turned into a business. And I'm like the groove cruise. I'm like your groove cruise, Jason. And, um, and you said, I am, man. I was like, so I was like immediately curious. And I was like, so how did this whole thing start on here? And, and you told me the story and I was like, what? And here you are like 20 years later. I think you guys just celebrated the 20th year. 20 year anniversary is coming up in January. <clears throat> Dude, that is yeah. absolutely crazy. So let's back it up. Let, let's help everybody understand how the Groove Cruise became the Groove Cruise. Uh, sure. So started it in 2004. There's a bunch that went into it leading up to that. But I have a degree in entrepreneurship from uh, Central Michigan University. And then got in corporate America, absolutely hated it and um, got involved in the travel industry, followed my passion and taking vacations and taking people on vacations. And then as a fun thing, put a group, put a group of friends together to go on a cruise and then uh, saw how much money the travel agency made off of me. And then I started up my own company. So the first cruise, I had 125 people that went on the first cruise from a 375 person email list that I had. And then I knew I was onto something because I saw like, people's lives changed. Like people were just deeply bonded and deeply connected. And it was just the best time ever. It was, it was amazing. So uh, my business, I put a business plan together to charter a cruise ship in five years. So basically double it every year. So do 125, 250, 500, 1,000, 2,000, which is the smallest mass market cruise ship. So when I started, I had nobody. I didn't know anybody in the cruise industry. I didn't know one DJ or musician. And um, yeah, just went after it person by person and just built it, but built it and built it. And uh, long story short, it took me seven years to charter my first cruise ship. And since then we've done 20, I believe 28 full ship cruises. And uh, we're Norwegian and Carnival's charter partner of the year. And what that means is basically renting a ship from Royal Caribbean, Carnival, Norwegian, Celebrity, Princess. They're two to, well, almost 6,000 in the next one, um, two to 6,000 person events for three to seven days. 
And then we basically take over the entire cruise ship and transform it into a once in a lifetime experience for the community that we're targeting. So Groove Cruise is electronic dance music. And then we've also done rock and country and heavy metal and yoga and uh, salsa and board gamers and dental wow. continuing education crews coming up. And yeah. Wow. That's wild. I mean, it just, I mean, it continued to just uh, morph into, you know, you, once you had the concept down, Hey, know how to run a cruise ship, know how to put together an organized event, know how to get people on the event. It really, I can, it, it makes sense how it works with, you yeah. know, with, with other genres. I, I remember asking you like, what wow, running a cruise ship, like, what does that take? And I think at the time it was a million bucks. Um, yeah, and I'm right yeah, and then I'm, so I'm not shocked. And, but, but I ask you that and then you're like, I've never, you know, I've, I've thought about that on there, but I was like, dude, what's it like to spend a million bucks to run a cruise ship? And you're like, I've never really thought about that. I thought about just like, this is how much it costs in order to like make it happen. Um, but so this is not your conventional cruise. I'll see you on the Lido deck for a Bahama mama. You guys literally take over <laughs> this entire, this entire cruise ship. I think you told me that even the dining hall isn't open. Like the dining hall gets turned into a, a venue as well. Sometimes it depends on the ship. So we'll sometimes we'll crane like uh, stages onto the pool deck and cover dance floor or cover pools to create a dance floor. So each ship is kind of different depending on the layout and stuff like that. Sometimes we we will use the dining room as a uh, as a venue as a turn it into a nightclub, if you will. Um, so on the next one coming up, which is in January, the twenty year anniversary is the biggest cruise we've ever done it's uh we have almost five thousand people booked it's actually sold out but it's on the norwegian encore and it's uh it has a race car track on it it has laser tag it has a vr pavilion it has like slides that go over the sides of the ship it has 40 bars and restaurants um then it's insane it's like a billion dollar cruise ship which if you were to tell me 20 years ago that this kid whose dad is a teacher and mom is a secretary is going to be renting a billion dollar cruise ship someday. I mean, there's no way in hell that I, even I would believe that <laughs> and I had pretty lofty goals yeah. when I first started it. Um, but uh, yeah, we're just uh, on a mission to change the world and make people happy and uh, you know, connect, connect communities with their passions. And that's what we do. That's amazing. Has anything else transpired outside of the cruises because of this movement? Uh, so we've done like Island takeovers. We did Groove Island, which was on Catalina. That was a whole <laughs> A lot of work. We had 12 hotel buyouts and ferries, yachts, helicopters, beach club. Like it was, it was amazing of experience. Um, but yeah, we've done over 50 Island events, uh, as well over the 20 years and, um, we've done resorts. So yeah, done different, different types of stuff, but mainly all in the travel experiential travel space. And you were doing, a, there was a charity aspect too, on when you were doing these islands too, weren't you? Yeah, I've always had a charity aspect to to it. So I started um, my foundation, Wet Foundation, over 10 years ago now. <clears throat> it's a 501c3. So we have a couple different programs. Um, we have destination donation that uh, we work with generally orphanages or schools and the destinations that we go to. And we ask them, like, what do they need? Sometimes they need uh, school supplies, clothing, <clears throat> Um all different kinds of stuff. And then we basically bring those things and then we raise money if they need a new roof or if they need a new building or they need a new gym for the kids outside. And then we basically, um, you know, go to the orphanage, um, you know, do a whole experience with the kids, art and uh, yeah, all these different activities. And um, yeah, it's super impactful. Like some people 
I would say most people that actually take part in the volunteer experience say it's the best part of Groove Cruise, which is crazy because they're going there to, you know, party and have a good time and listen to music. But their most favorite, their most favorite part is actually giving back and and um, you know interacting with the kids. We've done that in different <clears throat> uh, in Mexico and Jamaica and um, uh, various parts throughout the Caribbean and and uh, so forth. And then we have uh, a huge mental health focus. Um, that we recently started. Uh, we lost our production manager to suicide in May of last year, not last year, the year before. And um, that's it, me personally. Um, I've personally dealt with mental health myself in the beginning of COVID. It was a disaster. I was super depressed watching my baby that I've developed my whole life die overnight, if you will. Um, and uh, some family members that have dealt with mental health. I mean, if you're a human being, you've probably dealt with mental yeah. health, recognizing the symptoms. Um, I kind of felt helpless because I didn't, you know, recognize the symptoms of this uh, colleague of mine who took his life. And I've had a couple of friends throughout the years take their lives. And it's just, it just shook me. And I'm like, I got to do something. So on board the ship, we do have mental health programming, um, suicide prevention um, courses and journaling. Um, and then also we do a celebration of life for those who have lost loved ones. And it's a really beautiful ceremony wow. where people can come up and talk about their loved one that they've lost. They can write a note to them, put it in a biodegradable wreath. And then we actually throw the wreath uh, over the ship uh, at sunset. It's really emotional, <clears throat> but the, heal the, the, the ocean is extremely powerful, extremely healing. Yeah. And I sure uh, just is. had a decision one day of like, you know, doing that and uh, allowing that space for people to 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 grieve and to, you know, kind of process it a bit more. Because I think uh, especially men in particular, we're really good at like internalizing our emotions and not letting things out. So, yeah, just creating that space. <laughs> Dude, I love that. Yeah, I've lost six people in the past, I'd say, 10 years to suicide. So, yeah, deeply, deeply passionate uh, about it. And I um, that, man. You know, yeah, thank you, dude. And likewise, you know, it's, it's never, but it also, you know, there, there, you got to find the good in it, even though it's, it's absolutely tragic. And the good in it is our self-awareness of realizing it is never that bad. And there are resources available and tools available to be able to implement into your life where when shit gets hectic, it's okay to reach out and make a phone call. I mean, I, I am, I, I'm the number one advocate of doing that. I will text a friend and go, I just want you to know today I'm not okay. Tomorrow I probably will be, but today I'm, depression's winning today. And I just need to call somebody and remain accountable to it because that's, you you know, that's because it's a, it's a, uh, it's a one player game at times and yeah. it doesn't have to be, you know what I mean? Totally. Yeah. So, um, that's, that's why the biggest, I, yeah, biggest thing was just having somebody that, uh, that you can go to, to talk. I think that was one of the bigger things with, um, with that is just talking to someone, whether that's a friend or, you know, professional or, you know, other, there's other avenues out there. We work with uh, when the music stops, <clears throat> which is a music organization in the mental health space. But yeah, there's, there's resources out there, but just talking to a friend in general, like you said, is, is hugely beneficial. That's so great that you've implemented this. It's such, I mean, especially after 2020, when people just were like, what? And I think that's yeah. what, you know, that again, finding the good in everything. There was a lot of good out of the pandemic. Everybody sure. knows how to use Zoom. Uh, everybody knows how to at least, you know, start to identify their emotions and how they're feeling. And mental health is in fact a real thing. Uh, and a, yeah. all of us experience whether we wanted to or not in some form or fashion on there. So I think that's a beautiful thing that came out of us literally being stuck at home and the entire, you know, pandemic on there. But, you know, a, you know, la, well, you know, one more time for the people in the back. Right. So it's like <laughs> a little bit louder on there to be able to continue to amplify that. I uh, I started doing comedy 
about three years ago. Uh, just oh, because, you? yeah, just because naturally I'm a speaker and it you know, like terrified me to do <laughs> comedy. But at the same time, you know, if you can add some comedy into anybody's life, uh, yeah. I just happen to be okay at it. I don't know about Netflix special coming soon, but um, I am available for cruises. Uh, <laughs> oh, <there> you go. <laughs> but you know, it's being somebody said to me, and I'm like, I hate going to these open mics and spending you know Tuesday night and you know at a bar at 10 o'clock at night, and someone said, Hey, maybe your comedy's not about you. And maybe somebody's going through it and they showed up that night to get a laugh and you were the one to be able to facilitate that. Yeah. So next time you think that your comedy is all about you, think about the person that actually that that's receiving yeah. on the receiving end there. And that keeps me in check. I'm like, damn it. No hiding. <laughs> that's deep, man. It is <laughs> dude. Definitely deep. It, it is. It, it totally, it totally, well, it like comes back it to going through all the shit too, man. That's, that's exactly what keeps me going. It's like, if I can, if I can transform someone's life or, or, you know, we have, four weddings on the next one. We had eight proposals on the last one. And just to be part of someone's life like that. I mean, I don't even care if I lose money. I don't even care like all the drama and shit I have to go through and like whatever with the cruise lines and dealing with multi-billion dollar public companies. Like, I don't, I don't really care. It's like in the end, I see those people and I see how happy they are and I see their, you know, their lives change, their eyes lit up and like that life moment like that. And to be part of that is just, very humbling. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, it, it's, I would, I don't need to ask you why you're doing this. It's explicitly clear, uh, well, you know, why you are, I mean, it, it is a, uh, you know, uh, I like following the hashtag joy spotting on Instagram. I don't know if you've done it or not, but it's oh, super good. dope. And it's the idea of being able to spot joy whenever you see it, if it's a beautiful flower or, you know, a, yeah. a, a painted door or a sunset or, and the stream is just awesome. And, um, I was following and you know, it's, it's being able to, 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 you know, identify joy uh, individually for ourselves, but also being able to bring that joy to people. And that's, you know, what we get to do as entrepreneurs, in, hey, my, in my opinion, you know, that's awesome. Yeah. I love that. Joy spotting. It is. It's great. Look it up. You'll love it. What, uh, what's been the biggest lesson over 20 years? Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, that life begins at the end of your comfort zone. That's one of yeah. my, that's the recent one that just kind of came about. And whenever I'm comfortable, I'm not learning. And I love putting myself in challenging situations and just, uh, you know, burning the boats and just going for it. And uh, I did that just last week. I just got, I got accepted to the, to the London school of business with EO. It's called the growth forum. So there were 70 entrepreneurs from around the world. Nice. I didn't know one of them. I hated school. I was not looking back, looking forward to it. I had all these case studies of entrepreneurs situations and all the shit we had to read. I read a couple of them and then I was tired and, and I was just, I was like, <clears throat> it was just like, uh, you know, <laughs> uncomfortable as hell. Let's yeah. just put it that way. And, uh, you know, they put you on the spot. We had these study groups and like all this stuff. And, and yeah, it was, it was tough, but I, I rolled out of there with a whole new vision for myself, vision for the company, vision for the future. And uh, yeah, it was, it was amazing. Lots of new great contacts and contacts and stuff and new ideas. And, and yeah, so um, yeah, I got accepted to Harvard in September as well. And uh, yeah, just always learning and growing and taking action. I think that's, that's something sometimes we get stuck in the analysis paralysis and yeah. I'm more <laughs> for better, or for worse. Uh, my team is a ready aim fire and nobody on my team is, a, is like me, which is great, but I'm more of a ready fire aim. I'm like, let's go for it. Just figure it out as we go. Like, yeah. you know, we'll figure it out. We'll do the best we can. And that's great. And we're going to fall on our face and 
get up again and keep going. So I, I think that's probably what the <clears throat> what I've learned the most is just the biggest, the most successful people are the biggest failures, like yeah. yourself. Yeah. Totally, isn't <laughs> that isn't that the truth? <laughs> the only one that doesn't think I'm a failure is my mother. It's it's amazing. <laughs> It, it, it really is. People say, what do you do? What do you do? I said, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a comedian and a speaker and a podcaster, all terrible career choices, but I, I got lucky, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, no, there's, you know, the comfort zone is always, is always available. You know, if you just want to do nothing and right. um, you know, it's, I, I find, I think the more that we evolve and the more our awareness increases, the more comfortable, the, the idea of being comfortable is, is, is less appealing. At least yeah. in, in my opinion, and there's, you know, we go through these, I mean, life's just a freaking roller coaster, you know, as it is, but when we, and it's also getting around the right people and you, you've experienced that with EO and with the people that you get to, to work with as well. And, you know, I've been, I jumped into this whole mastermind thing uh, a couple of years back and it's been a game changer. I mean, you, you look back to th think and grow rich. I mean, that was one of the principles they teach is yeah. like get into a good mastermind with like-minded individuals. I never really took into consideration proximity until I started to experience it and realized, dude, this shit is powerful. Like your life literally starts to change and you start to level up by just being around other people that are where you want to be and are continually thinking forward and wanting to, you know, that what's next, what's next. And, uh, I just think it's you know, incredibly, incredibly powerful. Tony Robbins has been one of my biggest influences in my life. And he says that he says like your net worth is the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Yep. <laughs> yep. I, and I spend the time, I try to spend my time with some rich motherfuckers. Like I, I really do. Yeah. yeah I, I, I always do. And I'm like, every time like they get a, like a new McLaren, I'm like, cool. I'm going to go get my, my Equinox shined up. You know what I mean? Cause, uh, and it's, it's not even about the material things on here. It's just the fact of the freedom of being, I got a, a guy that runs our mastermind that I'm part of, uh, in, in Dallas, just bought a ranch in Oklahoma. And like, dude's just full on ranch cows, like learning the whole deal and building his forever house and going to have retreats there. And like, I'm like, dude, this is what it's all about. It's not about the stuff. It's about yeah. the ability to buy the stuff and the freedom and flexibility. And most importantly for me, I finally arrived and figured out like, why do you want to be rich? People used to ask me, I'm like, duh, <laughs> I, I, because of the freedom that yeah. it provides and the, and the, and the resources to literally impact and change someone's lives for the better because of your success. And when you arrive at that place and being able to take care of my family and, you know, make sure my daughter's squared and all that, and all that, all that comes along with it. But for a long time, I was like, I don't know why I want to be rich. I just, I mean, why not? Uh, but when you, when you figure it out, it's, it, it's a, it's a whole different perspective and I'm not there yet, but I'm a hell of a lot closer than I was yesterday. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. <laughs> Well, dude, it's been great to, to catch up with you, man. And, um, Likewise, brother. So really I, great to catch up with you. yeah, I was on a, uh, I had a gig on a cruise ship in January and, uh, oh, nice. I was like, my buddy Jason started the groove cruise and like groove cruise, Jason. And I'm like, I know him. I'm like, listen, dog, everybody knows Jason. Okay. But then I messaged you on Facebook and you're like, dude, I never check messenger. You got back to me like four weeks later. You're like, I never check messenger text me. And I'm like, how do I not have your number? Like I searched for it on the, cause I had you saved as groove cruise, Jason, instead of Jason. <laughs> so, uh, but dude, it's great to, great to connect. We'll have to get together. Cause uh, obviously we're both in each other's backyard here and, uh, love it, man. Love that. get a, yeah. get a full download and catch concert. up. What's that? Go to a Wu-Tang concert. Yeah, let's go. They were over in Winwood a couple years ago. I'm like, really? wait a second though, but ODB's not, he's not around, you know, like, is it really Wu-Tang? But, yeah. but dude, the, the, 
the Wu-Tang Forever special on Hulu is legit, bro. Yeah. It tells the entire story. The acting is on point. The guy who plays Method Man is like, dude, is that meth? Um, <laughs> yeah. So if you're a Wu-Tang fan, 90s kid, um, you, you'll uh, you'll you'll appreciate it for sure. Well, dude, thanks for uh, thanks for making some time. Uh, to, to hang out for a few minutes. It's been great to, uh, to chat and catch up and congrats on all your success. It's, it's so freaking well-deserved because I've seen Thank it all you, unfold and uh, I believe in what you're doing and what you're continuing to do and all these new updates that you've given her. I'm like, I'm not shocked. I'm just even more excited, you know, about, uh, about what you're doing. Any, Thanks, fu- any final Thanks. thoughts for our listeners? Yeah, you too. Congrats on all your success. Um, final thoughts, just, uh, you know, I don't know. Just go on the crew cruise. Find those, find those joy, the joy spotting. I mean, I love that joy spotting. That's great. Wu Tang yeah, and joy spotting. Me. I mean, you follow me. I'm at travel Jason on socials, Instagram and all that. And then, uh, at group cruise at wet travel. Yeah. yeah. Connect with him. He's a great human to, uh, to, to be in touch with and great community going on over there at the Groove Cruise. Maybe one of these days I will uh, make it on a Groove Cruise. Remember I told you, I'm like, I don't know. That's a little, not, that's not really my speed. I'm kind of slowed it down at my age here. You're like, dude, my parents go on everyone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I was like, I did the Homer backing into the bushes, you know, a <laughs> hey, 20th, 20th anniversary. I mean, even though it's sold out, I mean, well, there's a will, there's a way who knows anything's possible. Yeah. You never know, man. You never Absolutely. know. Come hang out with Tiesto and Diplo, John Summit. Come no, on, no man. big deal. Yeah. Just a c- couple names of a couple DJs doing a couple, two, three things. <laughs> Thanks right. again, Jay. All right, brother. Thank you, man. Appreciate you. You got it until next time, friends. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of the Beyond the Story podcast. Be sure to appreciate it. If you haven't done so already, make sure you're subscribed to the show. This way you'll get updates as new episodes become available. If you feel so inclined, please leave us a review. Be sure to appreciate it. Signing off from the podcast, launchlab.com studios. We'll talk to you next time.